This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Okay, well, as much as I'm disappointed by this story, I think uh, it's important to talk about because through it all, there's still a really fascinating mystery uh, around this star. But it did get people really excited because nothing really seemed to explain the weird dips in brightness around this star. And all kinds of different experts looked at it and came up with different theories for what might explain it, and and nothing fit. But this star was doing some really weird and unusual things. And then someone proposed a really interesting and novel solution to this puzzle. That it could be what would be known as a, a Dyson Sphere. That an alien civilization advanced enough to harness the power of this star. And maybe that's what we're seeing. Because that would explain all of these weird things that the star's doing. It's at least an explanation that fits the evidence. (laughs) Granted, it's pretty darn far-fetched. So that's what got people excited. And look, if, if it's something that fits with the evidence, it's worth investigating. It's worth exploring. And that's what researchers have been doing. So we've got to the point now where I, I think, I think, as much as I hope not, but I think we can rule out the alien explanation. But yet we're still baffled by what the heck is going on with this star. Uh, Tabby's star, as it's known, KIC 8462852, uh, if you follow these things. Joining us on the line is uh, Jason Wright. He's an associate professor of the Department of Astronomy and Astrophysics at Penn State University. And we spoke with him before about this story. Jason, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, Like I say, I want to hold out hope that maybe there's the uh, more exciting and exotic explanation to to this mystery. But are, are we at the point where we can probably rule it out? For this particular target, yeah. I think uh, it was a really neat opportunity to explore an, an old hypothesis that goes back to Freeman Dyson in 1960, who said such things might exist. And then uh, uh, an astronomer much more recently, uh, Luke Arnold, suggested that the Kepler Space Telescope that discovered this thing might, you know, if they, if they exist, then it'll find them. Um, and so it was amazing that this anomalous star popped up out of the data, and it, it fit right in with what Luke Arnold said Kepler would find if they're out there. But most importantly, Tabby Boyajian and her team spent two years trying to figure this thing out and couldn't come up with a really satisfactory explanation. So it was exciting. It was definitely worth studying. It's gotten a lot of attention. Uh, And now I think we're closer to figuring out what it is in that we can rule a bunch of things out. And one of those things we can rule out now is that it has anything to do with it. (laughs) Which is too bad. Um, it's too bad that this isn't the one, (laughs) this isn't the one where we'll, you know, finally find the, the life that, that, a lot of people think has to be out there somewhere. Uh, but, you know, every time we think we've got something, we know it's a long shot. We know we're punching our lottery ticket, that this might be the one. Uh, but you've got to look. 
Right. Well, and I mean, the thing is, even putting aside the, the more novel potential explanation, uh, or exotic, I guess, I mean, just, you know, th this is a mystery, and everybody loves a good mystery, right? That's right, and it's still a big mystery. We haven't solved the puzzle. We've just ruled certain things out, including the one that, you know, would be the most dramatic and that a lot of people were most interested in. Yeah. Um, so what what are we now leaning toward here? So... What we found is that you know, this start it, it gets dimmer in ways we don't we don't understand. For a few days, it'll get a few percent dimmer and then go back to its normal brightness. And stars just don't do it in this particular way. And so the idea is something is probably passing between us and the star every now and then. Uh, over the course of months and years, we've seen this happen over and over again. That something, some things, different sizes, different shapes are passing in front of it. Uh, making it dimmer. And what we've found now that we've finally been able to catch one of them in the act, to actually see it as it's happening and then study it with all of our telescopes and all the techniques we like to use, is that uh, if you if you look at it in blue light, like if you put, you know, colored sunglasses on or something, you just, everything looks blue, it gets very dim. But then if you look at red or infrared light coming from the star, it doesn't get as dim at the same time. So whatever's blocking the light is blocking more blue light and letting more red light through. And that's very characteristic of a very ordinary sort of stuff out there in space that astronomers call dust, very fine particulate matter that forms around stars and floats among the stars. And so it looks just like an ordinary sort of thing that we know is out there. And so that basically rules out any reason to think it might be some kind of solid object, like a Dyson sphere or something. Right. If it was something that were created, constructed around this star, I guess you, you wouldn't see the differences in color. It would be the same no matter what the color then. Right. We'd expect it to block all light equally, or, you know, maybe we'd do, do something else, but we wouldn't expect it to look exactly like dust. And so that, that means that we don't have any reason to think it's anything except dust blocking the light. Well, but as you say, we, we haven't reached a conclusion yet. So what, what are the questions then still around this, this potential explanation? Yeah, we want to know where the dust is. So, I mean, is it a cloud between us and the star? Is it, is it a, a disk of material around orbiting that star? Is it stuff that's coming off of comets that are orbiting the star, which was Tabby Team's original hypothesis, and that I think is still the leading contender. And why is this the only star that does that? Why, after studying stars for hundreds of years, has, have we you know, found one of these, one out of the hundreds of thousands that Kepler monitored, one out of the millions that we've been studying for decades and centuries? So what's so special about this star that it has this dust doing this in this very unusual way? We we still don't know. Yeah, because this space dust, whatever we want to call it, right. would be would be plentiful, and we would theoretically see other stars behaving the same way. Yeah, why does this star have so much of it? You need a lot of it to block that much starlight that uh, comes and goes for a few days at a time and not in any periodic way. It just it just doesn't make much sense. So we're we're happy that we've got a lot of data now that we can finally start to take a crack at this and figure it out. When when astronomers find new weird things that make them scratch their head and say, I've never seen anything like that, sometimes it turns out to be just something random and uninteresting, but often it turns out to teach us a lot about rare events and new kinds of things that we haven't seen before, and that's exciting. Yeah, and I mean, as much as some people rolled their eyes at the prospect of, you know, something created by an advanced alien civilization, I, I think when it comes to solving mysteries, you got to kind of just put those preconceived notions aside and say, what, what are we seeing and what fits with the evidence, right? That's right. I mean, you'd, obviously, you don't want to reach for aliens every time 
every time you're puzzled. And what made this start different was really all of the work that Tabby's team put in for two years to really study it and say, no, no, I know you think this is just some you know weird little thing, but we've worked really hard. Something different is happening here, something new. And that's what you know made us really uh, uh, go to that explanation of last resort, as I call it. Right. So where, where does this all go from here now? Well, it's amazing. The, the publicity around the star and the deep mystery behind it really got astronomers' attention. And so when it started getting dimmer, uh, you know, we, we started asking favors because, you know, we didn't know when it was going to happen, so we couldn't schedule time on our telescopes. So we were literally just calling up telescope control rooms, and whoever picked up the phone, we said, hey, would you observe this star for us? And they they knew what it was, and they said, oh, neat, can I help? And they just off volunteered their time, used their precious telescope time to help us. We got emails and tweets from astronomers we had never heard of saying, hey, I'm on tonight. How can I help? What can I do? So we have over 200 people on the paper that just got published who wow. all contributed and volunteered to help from around the world. Uh, and uh, we're swimming in data. We just have so much data, and, and it's going to take a long time to analyze it all. So we need to wade through it and see what it has to tell us. A lot of it we haven't even looked at yet. I mean, the answer might be right there in some data product that we haven't uh, really had time to digest yeah. yet. Well, as boring as dust is, it's still a pretty cool story. <laughs> so we'll continue it, to follow it, it closely. Jason, thanks so much for joining us here again today. Really appreciate this. My pleasure. All right, take care. Uh, there you go. That's Jason Wright, uh, Associate Professor in the Department of Astronomy and Astrophysics at Penn State University. And he'd first written that paper suggesting, you know, okay, people, sit down for a second. Here's a possible explanation that would fit with the evidence. Uh, and it was something worth exploring. So there you go. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening with the cannabis law enforcement south of the border and what it's going to mean for Canada as we march toward legalization uh, later this year. Really interesting developments. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.